going to invite you um, that we might just give God thanks and praise for our worship team this morning. Um, just um, a great, a great gift to want uh, to offer up music, but also to worship. You know, there's a difference between performing and, and worshiping and inviting folks to somehow straddle the thin space between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth and to not get lost in it as a practitioner, um, to not get swept up in the moment, but to always be holding just enough space between what God might be up to in your lives, but also to what God might be up to in our lives and still transition. <laughs> I mean, it is, it, is, it is a lot. And so when um, we come to the end of our worship service this day, if you could just stop and say thank you um, and thank God for our worship team, um, I would invite you to let those blessings uh, fall from your lips this day. So um, this Sunday is known as the first Sunday in Lent, which I'm going to tell you a little bit more about uh, what Lent means for not only us at the Southeast Raleigh table, but for Christians all across the globe. And during the season of Lent, which we will be living into for the next uh, 40 days, there are particular passages of scripture um, that are read. And this particular scripture that I'm going to um, offer up for us this morning in the fourth chapter of Luke's gospel is one that is probably going to be read and also proclaimed and preached in thousands of church communities across the globe. So if you're talking with a co-worker or uh, you're having conversation with a friend uh, who might ha have joined a worship service via, you know, the, the interwebs or found themselves sitting in a, a space like this one and they're like, oh my gosh, my pastor preached about Jesus in the wilderness. Don't think, oh, do they all like write memos to each other? Because, you know, that's what my pastor also preached about. But that there's actually a rhythm, a rhyme and a reason as to why on the first Sunday in the season that we call Lent, that this is the passage of scripture that thousands of Christians may be leaning into today. So as you hear these words, might you hear them with new ears, that beyond the temptations that Jesus faces, we might also see ourselves in this story and believe that we can be changed. And the scripture reads as such, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. Now the devil, or sometimes known as the accuser, said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I will give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, and this is my favorite, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. 
And then in verse 14, then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you have been a part of the Southeast Raleigh table, even since we've been uh, back in, uh, indoors for worship, you know that we do this interesting thing where we follow a liturgical calendar. And what we mean by a liturgical calendar is that there is a certain way that we mark Christ's time for the church. So, for instance, in December, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, we know that that time here at the Southeast Raleigh table to be called Advent. It is when we celebrate the coming of Jesus, but also to keep ourselves open for Christ's return. And then on Christmas Day, when everyone is like, oh my gosh, Christmas, 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 the folks at the Southeast Raleigh table know that Christmas isn't just one day, but that Christmas is a whole season, which is 12 days. And then on the 12th day of Christmas, here at the Southeast Raleigh table, you can just shake your heads, you know what's going to come. On the 12th day of Christmas, we understand that to be epiphany. When the wise men, they come, they bump into Jesus, and they recognize this isn't just some ordinary child. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and they bring him gifts as such. And then we get a lot of weeks during the season of Epiphany that ends with the Sunday that we had last Sunday, which was Transfiguration. And Transfiguration comes at this time when Jesus has basically told his disciples that he is going to be crucified, handed over. For three days, he will be dead as death, and then he will be raised again. But he has this moment where he is glorified. where the fullness of Christ's divinity is known on a mountain before he takes a journey to the cross. And this season that we're in that's called Lent, it's a 40-day season that we as Christians spend time self-examining ourselves of prayer and confession, of reading scripture, of maybe choosing to hold off on leaning into certain patterns or maybe taking on particular things that might build for us a life. But Christ's time interrupts our time in this liturgical calendar where we don't just count these 40 days as just 40 days, but as our own journey with Jesus to the cross, that we might know what things in our lives might need to die and also be raised to new life. So this liturgical calendar that we keep is our way of saying that as Christians, we don't only believe that the teachings of Jesus shift the patterns in our lives or the behaviors in our life, but that the teachings of Jesus actually shifts and interrupts time, that we don't just count January, February, March, April. We also know Advent, Jesus coming, Christmas, Jesus who has come, Epiphany, Jesus who is the King of Kings, Transfiguration, glory, even when we're in the midst of death. We say that Christ comes and disrupts in a beautiful way the very way in which we understand how God breaks into time. So Lent, sometimes referred to, and how we're going to refer to it here at CERT during this season, 
is known as the 40 days. The 40 days. From Ash Wednesday, if you were with us for that worship service last week, until basically Holy Saturday, there are 40 days uh, minus six days, which are the holy days or the Sundays. So if you were to count those, we would say that Lent is fullness, 46 days, but on the six days, those Lord days, the, the Sundays, you are able to like lean into the things that maybe you've chosen to give up if you choose to give something up for the season of Lent. But it's 40 days. It's 40 days. 40 days of self-reflection, 40 days of self-examination, 40 days of prayer and confession where we say we're taking a journey with Jesus through the wilderness to the cross. Now, I need you to understand that these 40 days are significant and that 40 is um, a holy number within biblical tradition. This is going to be the easiest test you're going to ever take on a Sunday morning. In the days of Noah, when it rained, it rained for how many days? Oh, good. Stay with that energy. When the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, they wandered for how many? 40 years. When Moses and Elijah had moments on Mount Horeb listening for the voice of God, they spent how many days on the mountain? 40 days. When Jonah was sent to Nineveh, the Ninevites had how many days to repent? Notice a pattern? 40 is not an insignificant number within the biblical tradition. 40 within the biblical tradition symbolizes fulfillment or fullness. Oftentimes the fulfillment of a promise. For 40 years the Israelites wandered in the wilderness to move into what? The promised land. For 40 days, Moses and Elijah on Mount Horeb so that they can listen to the voice of God to remind them of their purpose and the purpose of God's people. 40 signifies a time of preparation that will come to the close with something good. So it is not a a, a coincidence that Jesus is in the wilderness for... Hold on, friends. Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days. The fulfillment, the fullness, generally brings about a promise. On the first Sunday of Lent, we step into this story with Jesus, who is also experiencing a wilderness moment. We step into a story where Jesus is also experiencing a preparation moment. We step into a story with Jesus where Jesus is also going to come out on the other side with a sense of fullness. So here are the small things that I want you to hold on to in Luke chapter 4. It says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is driven into the wilderness. This is not Jesus' great glamping experience, friends. But instead, it says that for 40 days, Jesus is fasting, so, and Jesus is famished. We see a picture of Jesus where Jesus isn't all high and holy and ethereal, but actually looks a lot like us. 
the very story starts off with Jesus was famished. We know what it is like, maybe not always literally, but also sometimes figuratively, to be in a place of hunger, for that to kind of overwhelm how we're thinking about our lives, where we think about the empty spaces. And at the beginning of this passage, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, is driven into the wilderness, doesn't eat for 40 days, and is famished. And then we begin to hear about the accuser, the devil, the one who brings confusion, not clarity, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not the one who gives life and life more abundantly. But the devil comes and tempts Jesus three times, and tempts Jesus three times at a place of his humanity and our humanity that would indeed be a test. Jesus, who was famished and maybe a little hangry, gets asked, why don't you turn these stones into yellow dog bread? Man cannot live by bread alone. In an instant, look at all the kingdoms. Look at all the people you can have power over, who you can say that you rule. We're not about to go to war for no reason. People like to have dominion over things. You can have all of this. Mm, no. You know what? If you just jump down, seduced by showing what, what you got, if the angels might, might get you and keep you from dashing your foot on a stone, don't put the Lord your God to the test. A very human moment for Jesus. For Jesus who is famished, Jesus who is tested and tempted, Jesus who shows discipline, Jesus who shows restraint, Jesus who relies on maybe the words that he had heard his mother Mary speak to him from the Hebrew scripture. To use that in the moments of weakness. So that he's not overcome by temptation. This is who we see as a reflection of Jesus in a 40-day wilderness. But when he gets to the end of the 40 days, hear what the scripture says. Now Jesus filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hold on, friends. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to keep six, six feet away, but I'm about to say something real quick. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, driven into the wilderness. 40 days has an experience, a transformative, a change-making experience in the wilderness. Comes out of the wilderness, not just full of the Holy Spirit, filled with the power. 40 is not insignificant. Can I say something that is going to be deeply theological? 
ways might be transformative for Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What might 40 days look like for us? This Lenten season that we are living in, Christ interrupting our time where we're not just moving towards spring, but we're also moving towards the cross and the tomb and resurrection, might be for us like this ark that we see in Jesus' life, driven into the wilderness, having an experience in the wilderness, showing discipline in the wilderness, relying on the, the goodness of the word of God in the wilderness, but coming out on the other side, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an ark where Jesus has to recognize his humanity, but also to seize how he can lean into his glory. And that is what we get during the season of Lent. This season is a gift for us. It too is an ark. Yes, we're going to spend more time in confession and penitence. Yes, we're going to spend more time in stillness. Yes, we're going to spend more time asking one another hard questions. Yes, we're going to spend more time having to come face to face with our humanity, but that's just part of the ark. The other part of the ark is that we get to also see God face to face, who glorifies us, who makes something out of us, who makes beautiful things out of the dust of our lives. That's also to the other part. The other part of the arc of this kind of ellipse that Lent is for us. This is not 40 days for us to feel bad about ourselves. This is also 40 days for us to recognize what we need to let go of so that we can hold on to the things that give us life. So when we take time for self-reflection or to abstain from certain things, we begin to realize what are the crosses that we are carrying that we need to let go of. When we spend time in confession, or maybe we stop all the scrolling, we begin to see clearly what needs to die or what has already died, the things that are in the tomb. But because we have given ourselves to 40 days that God can do something in time and outside of time, chronological time and kairos time, that holy time where God interrupts and makes more of our days, that we also begin to say, you know what, I wonder when I let go of this thing, who I will be on the other side. You know, um, before I went off to seminary, I really did think that Lent was kind of reduced to, you know, what are you supposed to give up? You know, that was the question you'd always, what are you giving up for Lent? What are you giving up for Lent? And it used to always be chocolate, 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 chocolate. What are you giving up? What are you giving up? Or it was a time when Subway and McDonald's in my hometown had um, a special on their fish sandwiches. These 40 days, the 40 days are so much more for us. Lent is a gift. It's an invitation to let our lives be habituated by the power of the Holy Spirit 
and to believe and to trust in some small measure that 40 days might actually change us. It's not about being trendy. Oh my gosh, what are you doing for What are you doing for Lent? This is what I'm doing for Lent. Oh my gosh, hashtag Lent. This might be the opportunity that you are needing if somehow January and February missed you to honestly examine your life and to see where you've been living with a sense of lack. This might be the opportunity where you get really real with yourself about where you lie to yourself and you also lie to others. This might be the 40 days where you're like, I don't want to perform anymore. I'm not going to keep tap dancing around my wounds and hope that if I just keep on dancing, they will not notice the things that break me. This might be the season where you're like, okay, Lord. This isn't just a glass of wine to take the edge off at the end of the night. It's a glass of wine to numb myself. This isn't a season to make you feel bad about yourself. But to come face to face with the God who journeys with us in the wilderness. Who is good to us and makes more of us when we cannot do that for ourselves. These might be the 40 days where we abstain from some things. Maybe to realize that we've been trying to fill our lives with something that still makes us feel empty. Maybe it's the season that you take on a particular pattern in your life where you begin to show the kind of love and care to yourself that God shows to you. Maybe it is you put down your phone, or you get off of Instagram or Facebook, or you create new boundaries so that you might hear the voice of God more clearly and the advice columns less loudly. Maybe it's a season where you recognize the things that tempt you and keep you from being your best self. Forty days. Fulfillment. Forty days. Fullness. Forty days. A time for a work to be made complete. Do you remember when people used to ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you remember when people stopped asking you that? Who do you want to be when you grow up? 
Lent in a beautiful way, these 40 days, gives us an opportunity as a community to ask ourselves the question, who do we want to be? Believing that there's more that can be extracted from our lives and through our lives. That something can actually shift and change over the course of these 40 days. And there's some things that we might let go of, and there's some things that we might take on. And in between those, we might come out <laughs> of the wilderness filled with the power of good things. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. What could these 40 days mean for you? Who do you dream to be, or maybe better yet, have you stopped long enough to ask God, God, who do you dream for us to be? Do you sense in this moment anything that you need to let go of? Are there things that no longer serve you? Or are symbolic of keeping you from living life-giving life? Are there things that you need to be doing? Patterns that you can take on being still for five minutes in the morning. Turning off your phone at a certain time at night. Taking walks to listen to the voice of God. something that might help you to treat yourself the way that God wants you to be treated. God, these 40 days may they be interrupted by your time in the midst of our lives. that we might see this season as an ellipse, as an arc, where we're going to go through something so that we might come out like something. 
when we feel afraid or discouraged. When we are figuratively famished. When we begin to lose hope. Might your angels attend to us. Reminding us that what is on the other side ends with life and life more abundantly. So God, we hand ourselves over to you to observe Holy Lent by self-examination, by confession, with penitence, by taking on the things that serve us and that place glory within us. Make these days holy, O oh God, as you make us whole. We pray all of this in the strong name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, <laughs>